Hello and welcome to the Young Greens podcast. It is the third day of the Global Greens Congress and things just keep getting better as do our shows. We've got some absolutely wonderful content for you on today's episode, including an interview with the leader of the Canadian Green Party, Elizabeth May. We'll be hearing from our wonderful co-chair Hannah about demotions. And we'll also be talking about that wonderful, sexy topic of capitations. So our first part of the podcast today is going to be an interview with Elizabeth May, who is the leader of the Canadian Green Party. Elizabeth, rather like our Caroline, is the only Green MP in Canada, due to Canada having a first-past-the-post system. Media subcommittee team member Catherine Love has been talking to Elizabeth. Uh, Hello, I'm Catherine Love from the Young Greens uh, Press and Media Subcommittee and I'm delighted to be joined by Elizabeth May, the leader of the Green Party of Canada. And I'd just like to ask you, first of all, how you initially got involved in green politics. Well, thanks, and thanks, Catherine. Well, I've been involved, I suppose I'd have to say I've been involved in green politics with a small g, green, for all my life because I've been an environmental activist since I was in high school. So I was born in 1954, so I'm so much older than anybody who, I mean, when the, the, the youth in Canada let me be called youth emeritus, which is very nice of them, but I mean, really, I've been doing environmental work since I was in high school. Uh, but um, and I was the national executive director for a big national environmental group in Canada. But the, uh, the nature of my work became partisan in the sense of actually joining the Green Party in, two, not till 2006. Um, because the, um, we had an election. We have the same horrible voting system that you do, mm-hmm. first past the post. And we had a, an election where a very right-wing, anti-environmental, anti-climate conservative formed a minority government. And I knew that, um, that really the voice of Greens needed to be louder so this kind of thing couldn't happen again. So that's why I got involved officially. I mean, as I said, small G green politics all my life. Big G green politics only since 2006. Would you be able to talk briefly about uh, some of the challenges and some of the opportunities as well that are currently faced by the Green Party in Canada? Well, we, it's certainly, uh, there are more opportunities, in, at least in theory, and I think really, um, in having finally seen the end of Stephen Harper and his conservative government. Uh, we're working with um, a liberal majority, and again, due to first past the post, mm-hmm. These are false majorities. Uh, Stephen Harper had 39% of the popular vote in 2011 and was able to form a majority government. You're familiar with this in the UK. And uh, Justin Trudeau also had 39% of the popular vote. His false majority is a bit more legitimate because the parties that formed so, so much of the additional vote that didn't go to his party favor climate action, favor electoral reform, favor things that Greens want and that Trudeau said he wanted during the election campaign. So we, we have a lot of disappointments with Trudeau, but you had 39% of the popular vote go to Liberals. But if you add up all the parties, for instance, that had in their platform electoral reform, then you get to 63% because you can't the votes for the Canadian equivalent of what you would call Labour, the NDP, and um, the Greens. You add the Greens and NDP and Liberals, and it was 63% of the vote was for PR. Um, Trudeau, with 39% of the vote, formed a majority government and then withdrew his promise for PR. So the challenge we have right now, one of our biggest challenges, is that we still have a dysfunctional voting system, which produces perverse results. So I'm the only Green MP in Canada, 
even though we got 4% of the popular vote, even though we had, that means over 605,000 votes, but producing only one MP, because I, of course, had to win my own riding. And I've, uh, the other challenge, of course, for Greens in Canada, as in Greens everywhere, is to make sure that the sleepwalking towards the edge of the abyss of climate change um, is interrupted by us, you know, ringing the alarm bell. We, we have governments around the world have committed to the Paris Agreement, but once the negotiations were over, at least for Canada, we did not increase our target. We have the same target for climate action that we had under the previous Prime Minister, Stephen Harper. So we always have this challenge of trying to work across party lines to be more cooperative, to in inspire in citizens to become engaged, to have effective citizenship at all levels, uh, while knowing that, that our dysfunctional voting system works in the opposite direction to convince people that their engagement isn't going to have a, a, a productive outcome. And we're meeting here uh, in the middle of a, a gathering of Greens from all over the world, and so I'd be interested to hear what you think can be achieved when Green movements collaborate globally. Well, we can achieve quite a lot. I mean, when you consider that the multilateral agreement on investment, which was one of the worst of the investor state provisions ever promised, I mean, and, and threatened, uh, was stopped by global action. I mean, that was an NGO global network. But working with Global Greens, we've worked effectively in climate meetings, climate negotiations. We have, you know, having come from the environmental movement, and I mentioned I was the uh, executive director for a non-government organization. It was the Sierra Club of Canada. But we were able to influence things as non-government organizations. But when you're in the Green Movement, you've actually got people inside the rooms doing the negotiations who are the Minister of Environment for country X or Y, depending on the year. I mean, when Kyoto was negotiated in 1997, four of the European nations had Green Party environment ministers. That makes a difference. When you actually have people working within a government who are Greens, as many as there are frustrations for policies that don't go as well as could be expected, you've got the strategy of being able to influence on the inside quite directly. And Greens share, you know, so that when we have meetings of um, the, at the various COPs, uh, even before I won my own seat as an MP, I'd go with the Global Greens to a COP and be able to share information, pass along good intelligence, and know from the ministers who are green what they saw the state of play. It's very effective uh, to be engaged in the Green Party, certainly on the, in the climate movement. And what's been the highlight for you so far of this Global Greens Congress? I think it's always meeting with my peer group. And there really is no peer group for me in Canada, because I'm by myself in Parliament, and I'm the leader of the party. So if you've got problems as a leader of the party, you can't exactly go say to someone else in the party, I'm having such a rotten time in the party. I mean, that, that starts rumors and people get all upset. But you know, when I'm talking to someone, obviously Carolyn Lucas is a, is a brilliant example, she actually lives almost the same life I do, except that my riding is um, several thousand kilometers from Parliament. But other than that difference, the burdens are rather the same. Being leader of the party, being in Parliament, being the only one among uh, lots of other MPs, trying to figure out how to make a difference. So anytime I get to have it, I mean, I'd only, you know, I met Carolyn Lucas in 2015 at Paris at COP21, but we, we'd done a lot on email before that. So 
and you know the um, the leader co-leader of the New Zealand Greens, Materia is here and she's brilliant. And so seeing other Greens who are elected, we have a Global Greens Parliamentarians Association that's meeting later today, having an opportunity to strengthen those networks so that so that you know there's someone at the other end of the email line or phone when you're having a crisis in your own country and you want advice where do you go I mean really it's the Greens and the other thing that has been really good about this Congress for me is being making linkages around the ongoing fight to stop CETA uh, we mustn't give up on fighting CETA and of course this comes a visiting the UK at this at the, in this horrible week uh, when uh, your Prime Minister is given legal notice of Article 50 is just horrific by the way I always say to people you know it's important to say in England that my name is Elizabeth May, but no relation, none. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, um, I really, really mind that Theresa May is ruining in my, even in my own mind, the attraction of the words Prime Minister May. I think that's very unfair <laughs> because if Greens form government in Canada, you know, and she's already tarnished my reputation before I get there. Uh, and finally, uh, I just wondered if what advice you would have for young people who want to get more involved in politics and specifically in green politics. Get involved. Just jump in with both feet. Nothing's stopping you. Just sign up for a local campaign. Start. Uh, I know the terminology is different. We call it canvassing, knocking on doors, going door to door. I think you call it doorstepping or something like that here. I can't remember the exact term. But getting involved, uh, even running as a candidate. Our youngest candidate in the 2015 election campaign in Canada turned 18 on election day. So she was qualified to vote on her birthday when she got to vote for herself. So it's not as though there are requirements of how old you have to be before you get really involved. But I suggest for people who are interested in green politics, just sign up, you know, sh show up for a meeting. We have Young Greens as the youth wing of our party and Young Greens form groups mostly focused around university campuses, but you know, really do terrific work and mobilize really well. So there's, yeah, just get involved and don't hesitate to ask others. Like if you're in a room with a bunch of people within the Greens, there's no hierarchy. So if you have a question for someone, you say, look, I know you're an MP, but I really need to, I don't understand this particular aspect of something. Mm -hmm. Ask questions, make your voice heard, just, as I said, just jump in. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you, Catherine. And of course, thank you to Elizabeth May for that fantastic interview. It's really interesting uh, at this global conference to hear from other people about what they do and how we've got some similarities. So it was really interesting to hear that First Past the Post doesn't just uh, kick us in the teeth. So also what's been happening today, uh, a couple of things we've had at Global Young Greens, there's been hustings uh, for candidates for the Global Young Greens Steering Committee and I would like to wish a best of luck on behalf of England and Wales um, to the two members from England and Wales who are standing, that's Alice Hubbard and Joseph Harmer, I'm sure we'll be able to update you on the results in the coming days. But also we've had our first demotions plenary. So. Um, as this does serve as our spring conference as well, um, we do have a little bit of constitutional voting that we have to do, and people would submit motions in advance to um, to for people to vote on. And uh, there's a couple of types of motions. There's A motions, which are reports um, from elected members and 
committees who have to give reports. There are B motions, which are uh, voting papers, um, which are whole um, whole motion, whole chapters, policy chapters that have been brought back. There are C motions, which is uh, slightly different to what it used to be. They are accredited policy motions. You have D motions, which are organisational. You have E motions, which are policy motions that aren't accredited. And then you have F motions, which are um, sort of FYI policy papers. So um, the first deep plenary was today. Uh, we had some really interesting uh, motions come up. One of those was electoral alliances uh, for proportional representation, what you may know as progressive alliances. And if you listen back to the first episode of the Young Greens podcast, you'll hear a great debate on that. Um, so that's passed now. Um, following that, we uh, had a couple of motions on uh, what's called our um, capitations and our subscriptions. Um, now these uh, capitations are relation to how much the money you pay to the, your, the party goes to uh, the, your local and your regional party um, and this doesn't affect Wales uh, but the subscriptions is how much you actually pay to the party. So what I thought would be really good is to have a sit down with uh, Young Green and former uh, member of 13 and 30, Emma Carter, who's the finance coordinator, to tell us a bit more about what this means for us. Thanks, Hannah. Um, so I'm Emma Carter, as Hannah has said, and I just want to talk to you a little bit about um, what we've changed today for capitations and subscriptions in the parties. So capitations have changed so that parties that have a lot of lower income members, um, particularly those in some of our regions, um, will actually get a fairer proportion of their capitations. So it's going to be on an average subscription per member across the entire of the party and not just on the membership makeup of those local and regional parties. So it's a really positive move for equity for us internally and certainly something that makes us a lot more green. In terms of subscriptions, um, the subscription if you're a student member will um, be going up by just one pound to six pounds a year and um, really to reflect inflation but also um, because it's actually a reasonably low membership by comparison to other political parties so what we really wanted to do was to make sure that those on the lowest income didn't increase by much and we actually increased a lot more people who pay more already so we wanted to make it a little bit fairer but also increase everyone a small amount Thanks very much for that, Emma. So you will be communicated with in the coming weeks and months, I'm sure, by some of our staff and by email about what this means for you. But we just thought that would be an interesting thing to reflect on. Um, so that's it for us today. Um, we hope to see you at the Young Greens quiz this evening. Uh, but if you're not at conference, I hope you've been enjoying our podcast so far. Um, and we'll speak to you again tomorrow for the last day at conference. Thank you.